Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to Food for Thought, where we inspire you to think and feed you knowledge that can be applied to your everyday life. I'm your host, Juan Cruz. And today, I'm going to hit the subject of letting the other speak. You know, sometimes we think that we let the other speak, and that's not necessarily the case. So before I get this podcast started off, first of all, uh, don't forget to rate the podcast. Always helps to be able to kind of keep us up in the ratings. Um, don't forget to share the podcast. Amazing. Um, I'm surprised. Uh, Massachusetts, uh, the podcast is growing massively in Massachusetts. Also in the United Kingdom, London, um, it is growing massively out there too. Right now, it seems like Massachusetts is like ahead of everybody else by a landslide, which is interesting. Um, but I'm definitely, I'm happy. I'm hope, hopefully, um, all these different podcasts are helping everybody out. Uh, I'm practicing a lot of these things myself too. So I hope that it helps all of you the same way that it helps me out. Um, but definitely share the podcast. It's growing in many different places. And I hope that this continues to help different people in many different ways. But um, I'm going to be recording another podcast soon. It's explaining a little bit of the importance of being open to life and the destruction of contraceptives. So keep an eye out for that one because that's probably going to be the next one that I record uh, coming up this week. Now, um, don't forget to also subscribe. Hit the little plus sign on the top right corner and the Apple or if not, uh, the subscribe button wherever it is that you uh, can subscribe so you get notifications of every time that a new podcast comes out. Now, Let's get this started off. Letting the other speak. So it's interesting because we think that we we like to let people speak, but we don't. In reality, sometimes what we want to do only is just uh, force our way and our thoughts upon other people. And sometimes when two people are entering into discussions, it turns into a screaming match versus letting the other speak and trying to understand the other person. You know, um, many times women don't know what they want. Okay. Now, relax, women. Don't kill me yet. Men don't know what they want either. But we hear this a lot that women don't know what they want. And it's kind of become this stereotypical thing that, you know, to figure out a woman is impossible. But I kind of want to put men in check a little bit. Men think that we know what we want because we go into a store. And we know that we're going to choose shorts and we know that, you know, what shoes we like and what shirt you like. So you walk in, you buy what you buy and you walk out immediately versus the woman becomes a little bit more undecisive and looks through a thousand different things. Um, same thing. Sometimes shows, movies, food, you know, you constantly hear this joke that happens a lot where the husband will say many times, what do you want to eat? And then the woman will say, well, whatever you want. And as soon as the man says, okay, well, let's, you know, go to, I don't know, Chinese food. Well, I don't want Chinese food. Okay, well, do you want to go get some burgers? No, I don't want burgers. Well, do you want to go get maybe something healthy, Panera bread? No, I don't want Panera bread. It's like, well, you choose. And then eventually they choose something. And it was like, well, you didn't know what you want. We don't know what we want. You know, sometimes, most of the times it becomes... Uh, I don't know what I want. So we think because men 
because we make quick decisions, we think that we know what we want. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think many men in our society do not know what they want, especially the younger generations. Nowadays, you have boys, young boys who are entering into relationships thinking that they're looking for love, but really they're not. Uh, young boys who want to sit around playing video games all day long, uh, eating whatever it is that they want, watching pornography till who knows what time. And, and, and deep inside, you hear this many times where people will say, you know, why would I let go of this life? Or some, you hear some people will say, oh, it was so much better to have been 17, 16, you know, such an easy lifestyle. But many times, young boys don't know what they want. They think that they don't want marriage. They think want, they want the bachelor life and, you know, having sex with whoever it is that they please to have. But that's, that's not necessarily the case. You know, it's interesting. There's a higher success rate in, in men who will get married. So you think that you want to live this empty, meaning, meaningless shallow life because that's truly what it is you know uh, to be with someone that you don't that all it is is just sexual pleasures so men don't really know what they want this is a very interesting thing you'd be surprised how when it comes down to things women know what they want you know the reason why i was contemplating this a little bit the reason why women will take so long to find something in the stores, it's because they know exactly what they want. And they're looking for this specific item that in some sense, they've yet to conceptualize it or see it with their own eyes, but they know that it has to have this type of uh, ruffles on the side of their shirt or, you know, these pants that have to be a little bit bigger on the side. So I think, I think women in many ways, the reason why they are so adamant also even on finding a relationship with a certain way. And, you know, they go through kind of being a little bit pickier and decisive because they know what they want. They're looking for this specific thing. Think about how many times when you're, um, fixing something for your house or you're trying to get these sneakers you don't look at every sneaker you go through a thousand different sneakers who knows what uh and you're picking you're looking for exactly the one that's going to match the outfit that you want you know so i don't think it's necessarily that women don't know what they want i think women know more what they want than men do and i think because they know exactly what it is that they want. They are pickier about these different things. Now, you think to yourself, well, what does this all have to do with letting someone speak? Well, the reason why I'm saying this is because we think that we let people speak, but really we don't. Many times in relationships, we'll get into different arguments with different people. And we're trying to always impose our thoughts upon theirs, right? We want to force our mentality upon the other. But the truth is, what are the odds that you are 100% right on everything you say? I mean, no one has this 
success rate to run at 100%. We're talking about some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies. You know, in stocks, they'll say 20% of your stocks will count for 80% of all the winnings that you have. So this is interesting to think about this, you know, that you have these ratios where we have them completely flipped. So we're, the, the odds that we're right all the time are slim to none. And we don't, we think that we let the others speak, but m- most of the times we cut them off. And, and I, I do this myself and I constantly have to keep myself in check with a lot of these uh, different uh, flaws that I have myself. You know, it's interesting because a psychologist will tell their patients, you know, well, well, they'll let their patients speak. And all they try to do is ask the right questions so that the person can in some ways unlock a part of their memory or moment in time or allow them to open their eyes to a specific situation so that they can in some ways enlighten themselves in what exactly is happening or why things are happening or why did this certain scenario happen in your life. And so what psychologists will will do is they let you speak, 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 speak. They don't necessarily try to affirm your emotions. I mean, if you go to a therapist and you sit down with a therapist, the reason why you went there was because you are freaking out. You're having this problem. You can't contend with this idea. So you go to the therapist so that he can help you contend with this idea. He can help you walk through this problem. But the problem becomes is that now we're living in a society where you go to a therapist so he can affirm your flaws. I mean, that's not what a therapist is there for. This is this massive flaw that you see in gender of ideology, right? Gender affirming therapy, meaning the boy who's confused whether he's a boy or a girl goes to see a therapist so that the therapist can affirm their gender, their confusion in gender. You don't go to a therapist because you are, you are, uh, you want them to affirm your craziness, your psychoticness, your destructive uh, relationship that's about to end up in divorce. You go to them to help you through this problem. So what a psychologist will do is they try to let you speak and they ask you the right questions. And in turn, great psychologists will let you talk. You know, when there's debates, when you're debating somebody, be very, you'd be very surprised on if you let them speak and they're wrong about their ideas. And if you know that they're wrong, you're 100% sure that they're wrong and you can explain why. Ask them the right questions and let them speak. And if they're sure enough and they're confident enough in, in what they're saying, they're going to, sh- to further uh, be able to break down as to why they are right. But if they are wrong, you'd be surprised how in their talking, they're going to trip themselves up. You know, this happens a lot of time. I'll speak with people and that's most of the times I'll just speak with them and see how they're wrong and I ask them questions and therefore in turn, they 
will kind of trip themselves up. And I'll, I'll point to them, but you just said this, and this is contrary or goes against this idea or this thought. So you'll realize where you're wrong, and therefore you can turn into the right direction. So this is more or less what therapists will do with a lot of different people. They ask them the right questions. They bring you. This is some of the best therapists that you'll see. They just try to get to know you and help you walk through this problem. So you see, there's something um, interesting that somebody had brought up to me because I told them how these podcasts and they were asking me, how do you come up with a lot of these podcasts? I'll actually talk with my wife about a lot of these podcasts. And there's a lot of knowledge that of a, a lot of different books that I've read. But I notice that many times as I'm speaking to her, these my, my brain will connect all these different neurons, right? And some idea will connect. And I say, wait a minute, I didn't know this. Like I knew it, but it was in the background of my thoughts. It was in my subconscious. And somebody was explaining to me, they were like, what you do is, is in some sense, it's considered a Freudian slip. Because when we talk, it's interesting. It doesn't happen any other way. It can't happen when you are just thinking. It has to be in some sense when we're speaking. This is why it's important. When you speak, you write down your thoughts, right? Because you can speak and say everything it is that you want to say, but you'll forget a lot of these thoughts. So when you sit there and you write something down, now this thought has become on something stable, something uh, that exists. You've in some sense given it life. You can reference back to that moment and, and realize this wisdom, this knowledge that was in some sense enlightened to you at that moment. You'd be surprised how many times we'll come up with answers and we forget those answers ourselves. We forget a lot of things in this world unless we write them down. This is where the saying comes down that the pen is mightier than the sword. Because really it is. The pen is 10 times mightier than the sword. You know, we forgot how to build the pyramids. In NASA, do you know that Elon Musk asked NASA to give them the blueprints to the spaceship that they built that got them to the moon and they lost the blueprints. We can lose information. Write a thousand things down, you know, and that information stays somewhere written where you can file it and store it and hold it like treasured gold. Knowledge is power. You know, in order for you to become successful, to make good economical decisions, you have to have knowledge. You can't just be an idiot just throwing yourselves at the whims of the wind. No, you have to in some way stabilize this. Stabilize this. So speaking, in some sense, when you do this, write it down. When you have conversations, let the other one speak. Because many times the other one does not know what they want. They think they know what they want, but they don't. So when you're conversating with somebody, you know, you want to get to know your wife. You want to get to know your husband. You want to hear what their thoughts are. And men don't like to talk. I think this is our biggest problem as men because we have such an ego, such a pride, and to some ways make yourself vulnerable 
to show the weakest side of you. It shows, you know, this uh, lack of masculinity. You know, and, and for all men, I don't think being vulnerable is a bad thing. But I don't think that being vulnerable all the time completely is a good thing. And I don't think being a masculine man is a bad thing. But I don't think being a complete masculine man all the time, every second of your life is a bad thing either. Being too gentle or being too strong. I think you need to find the right balance. But men, in some sense, because of the way that our society is formed, we think that we need to be strong all the time. So it's interesting Men, in some sense, we don't know what we want. So we should speak about it all the time. And the women, I mean, yeah, they know what they want, but they also don't know what they want too. And letting them speak in some sense allows them to figure it out. You know, there's, there's many times where you have old past memories and you have the new wiser self whether it be five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, two months later. Many times we like to take whatever the past or the history or whatever difficult moment we had in our lives and we love to shove it somewhere in the darkness and just bury it into the dirt and never let it come out. But it's interesting because to let, to go back into the past to speak about different things in your life, it's you, you've created two different human beings, right? There's this human being that exists that is the past you. From the past, there's this little boy, this little girl that exists. And now there's this new older you. But this new you is wiser. But also this new you is wiser and has more intellect and knowledge. But at the same time, you're also more confused too. Now, the old past you, this little boy you or little girl you, doesn't understand why things happen in her life. And she doesn't understand why or where or where this moment in time came from. But this new you... This new future you, this present you, also in some sense doesn't understand why they make the decisions they make and why they're constantly a slave to a moment or to addictions or, 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 or to emotions or um, to their children, why they can't let go of their children's love or why they, or they're so neurotic with their children. They don't understand why they're like this. So... When you speak about the past, you're in some ways taking the old you and the new you and you're fusing it into one human being. So the new present you with the wisdom and intellect that you have is allowing the old young you, right? The past younger you to understand why those moments happen in time. And then the younger you from the past can also give definition to the new present you. It allows the new present you to, in some sense, understand why you are the way you are with your children, why you are the way you are uh, with buying clothes or, or the, the hatred you have towards your mother, towards your father. You fuse these two people together 
And in turn, future you now lives a better life. But if you don't contend and speak about this and allow this moment in time to happen, what you do is you destroy future you. You, We are, I always say this, we are a community. The Christian believes that if you make a mistake and you commit a sin today, you affect the community of brothers and sisters around you. If you steal, it affects all of you, right? You see this many times in the Bible when there would be this soldier that they said, you have to destroy absolutely everything. And the soldier would go out and steal. And then God would punish the whole people until they found out who, which soldier it was that stole the item. And not until that soldier had taken that, completely thrown it away, everybody was punished for that moment in time. So in some sense, you, present you today, you are a community of yous split across time. Think about that. You, your present you is affecting another future you that exists. If you look at yourself as a separate human being in the future or a separate human being in the past, you'd be surprised how much you can help yourself. You want future you to live a better life. Now, how do you fix a lot of these problems and contend with the emotions and how you want what or, or to discover what it is that you want in life? You need to speak about it. How do you fix a lot of these different problems? You should speak about it. How, how does your husband or wife figure out what it is that you want? Because many times within our spouses, we don't know what they want. Well, guess, and then we live miserable lives too. And then you end up hating each other and nobody speaks about any problems. And because they're always throwing everything under the rug, everybody's walking on eggshells and you can always walk into a house and see how that's a massive problem. Divorce and separation and the children or uh, custody battles, it's always lurking in the air. So you don't want to talk about it because if we speak about these things, forget about it. You know, the, 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 the topic of divorce will come up. So what do we do? Let's just go out to dinner. Let's just hang out with some friends and let's avoid all these topics. Let's sweep it under the rug and forget about it. And that's not a good thing. But letting your spouse speak, letting the other speak, letting your mother speak, letting your, your child speak, you get to figure out what it is they discover, what it is that they want. And then in turn, you discover what they want and then you can help them. And then they're happier and you're happier. And yeah, it is going to be difficult. But some of the most beautiful things in life you have to contend with. You have to fight through these emotions, these difficulties, this thing that you're struggling with. We're two different human beings when a husband and a wife get married. And those two different human beings come from two different worlds, race completely different. You could be two people that are Catholic, thinking that you are uh, in, aspiring towards the same direction morally and ethically because of your religion. But culturally, you can be completely different, race completely different, think completely different in, under one household. Think about it. A mother and a father will have four children and all four children will be completely different. 
And that's the fact that they were being raised the same way ethically, morally, morally and through religion. So now think about another human being that exists from another different household, from another culture, maybe possibly even a different religion, or maybe an atheist with no religion, but they have a different value, different values, different morals, different ethics. So what I'm saying is we are completely different worlds. If they're from another family, forget about it. Another culture, another country, you are completely different. So you're going to have completely different views on how, on how to raise children in your life. So what do you do? You talk about it and you let the other speak. And when two people are speaking and you're letting each other speak, allow them to finish their whole thought out. Let, let the whole roll come out. Put the quarter in and let it play out all the way to the end. Because they might say something that might show you that you're wrong. Or you might say something that might allow them to see that they're wrong. And in turn, both of you get to see, both of you guys get to put your ideas into a wrestling arena, into a boxing arena, and both ideas get to contend with each other. You don't have to scream at each other. You don't have to yell at each other or offend each other or call the other one stupid. When you offend, it just shows how weak the idea is. And, and, if, and if that's what you must resort to every time to be able to win an argument is just yell as loud as you can or offend as best as you can. And the one who throws out the best uh, offensive word is the one that wins. No one wins. The children lose. You both lose love. You both lose intimacy in the bedroom later on in the future. You both, you both end up angry, going to work angrier. And if you're angrier, you're less likely to do good work at your job. Therefore, losing promotions, losing raises, possibly being demoted, showing up late to work because you stayed up till four in the morning after the argument, thinking how you're going to get back at them. Nobody wins. But when you sit down and you talk about this and you contend with these ideas and you let the other one speak and you allow a Freudian slip to happen, because what it is, is a Freudian slip is it's, it's these thoughts that are in your subconscious that will come out sometimes in error and it slips out of your mind. Because it connects a whole bunch of dots as you're speaking and this Freudian slip will happen. And immediately, like this thought comes to your head that you realize, oh my gosh, you know, this, this is what I was feeling. This is, this, this is what I was thinking. You know, this happens to me a lot when I do these podcasts. Sometimes as I'm doing these podcasts, there's knowledge that I have stored up. And as I'm speaking, this knowledge will come to my head as I'm contending with these thoughts. I know that they're good and I've seen them from psychology, philosophy, through biology, right? I've seen how these things work and how they're good. But sometimes as I'm speaking, I'll connect dots and I'll put these things together. And it's somewhere in the back of my mind and it's like a reel that's playing out. And as I'm speaking, eventually something will slip out. And someone was telling me what it is, is it's called a Freudian slip. Let the other speak. 
Let the other one contend with his own thoughts. And you just be a soundboard. Because many times when we just listen to another human being, we give them the chance to allow the best possible them to come out. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's difficult to speak by yourself. It is. It, it really takes someone who is very confident in themselves to sit in a room and talk out loud by themselves. Look at me, I'm the loser that's doing it right now by myself. But it helps. It takes a lot of confidence to sit down and speak by yourself. But trust me when I tell you it helps you. But it's even better when someone's listening. Because not only do you feel that you're being loved and you're being listened to, but it also gives you confidence. And when that other person expresses a thought or an emotion, that in some ways they've opened themselves up to vulnerability, you know, listen to it. And if, if, if they say something that is the best or the good for the whole family, credit them for that and say, good job. Many times where we see the other one kind of grow and, and become a little bit smarter, or gain a little bit more wisdom and some jealousy will enter within us. And I spoke about this a little bit in the Valentine's Day episodes. And one of them had to do with jealousy. We get jealous because we see the other one growing. We're all okay with somebody else's success until it exceeds our own. You're okay with someone having a nice car. As long as it's not as good as your car. Or as long as it's not better than your car, better said. We're okay with someone else's success until it exceeds our own. So you see, when you have these moments that happen in life and you see that your wife is contending or your husband is contending with these thoughts and the better them is coming out, when they do it and they, they say something that is the bettering for the family, the bettering for you, the bettering for the children, the bettering for who knows what, for himself, take a moment and say, like, I admire that you did that. I, I, I appreciate that you spoke that way. Or, or you just became more attractive to me. Or good job. Or, you know, I'm so impressed that you did that. Because when you don't do these things and you say you stay quiet because you're jealous that they just solved the problem, you know, don't credit them or down them or, or sometimes somebody will say an idea or a thought and you're so mad that your idea didn't come through because your idea was the dumber idea of the two and it was stupid and you know it, but because your pride can't just admit that you're wrong, you'll offend the other person when they're speaking. And then when you offend them, they in some sense opened up and made themselves vulnerable and gave you like a little bit. Uh, they gave you a small peek into the window of their vulnerability, of the weaker, of the, uh, of the, more, vul the more vulnerable self. I was going to say weaker, but it's not weaker. It's stronger. And they showed you a glimpse of the, of the possibility that they can be. When your wife dresses beautifully, when your husband exposes himself don't use it to offend him later on don't take that moment to to one day throw it in his face and hurt his feelings or when you see your wife dress up beautifully and you think oh my gosh like i don't want nobody else to look at them because you're not confident in who you are don't take that moment 
to say an offensive thing, credit them, say, you're beautiful. Or to your husband, thank you. Like, I'm, you're so attractive to me now even more because you opened yourself up to me. Or you see your husband get himself ready and dresses up in his suit. And, you know, I mean, be cautious as to why he's dressing up too. But you see him dress up in his suit, you know, and, and say, you look handsome. We have to credit people because you know what happens if you don't give them credit in this world? When they're all deteriorated and they don't want to speak and they don't want to say their deepest, darkest thoughts or, or these um, intimate moments that they would desire to have with you or you make fun of them for saying something or dressing a certain way or you see your wife let go completely and you say, oh my gosh, she doesn't take care of herself. All she does is wear sweatpants and all she does is, um, you know, she doesn't cook anymore. Well, because you offended her cooking instead of crediting her. Take a little bit of moment. Maybe you're going to deal with a lot of bad cooking. But when she does one thing good, give her credit and say, wow, that was amazing. And she's going to want to do more of that. She's going to want to try to get better at it. She's going to want to try to outdo herself. When your husband opens himself up, op opens himself up and speaks, and you see that moment come out, there's a glimpse, this little crack into the window of what his possibility of a man can be, give him credit. Maybe he's going to say a lot of garbage in this world. But when you do that and you credit him for one moment that he did great, he's going to want to give you more of that. Because he sees that he just became more attractive to someone. You know, in some sense, men, interesting, many husbands will cheat also not only because of sexual desires, but also because they also just want to be heard and listened to. They just want to speak. And sometimes they go off and speak stupidities with the person that they're cheating with, but they just want to be heard. And this will happen also with women too. They just want to be heard. Many of us just want to be heard. And in turn, this moment when you let them speak, you, you, and you find them attractive, you're giving them the attention that they want, vice versa with the wife or the husband, either one. You give them that attention. And, and, and the woman and the man feels loved and they want to receive more of that love. You know, if we're all constantly giving, then we're all receiving. But if we're all waiting to receive love, we're never going to get love. You're going to find more meaning in life by just loving somebody. So let the other speak. Let your spouse speak. Discover and let them discover what it is that they want. Because when they discover what it is that they want, you're going to discover what they want and you'll be able to give it to them and they'll be happy. And when they're happier, you're happier. Let the other speak. So with that, don't forget to rate, share, subscribe to the podcast. Share this podcast. Hopefully it helps everybody out. All I'm doing is taking the very things that I'm contending with in my own mind and I'm trying to fix in myself because I'm not a perfect human being. I share all this with everyone and I hope that in some sense you all share this with somebody that you know that's going through a difficulty, somebody that's having some, tr some trouble. My podcast does not get shared a lot. I've noticed that. 
when it comes, I just dropped the podcast on economical, uh, how to make economical decisions. And that one's being shared like crazy. You know, you can always see the analytical data on this stuff. And the hair got shared like crazy. But I noticed the ones that have to do with dangers of pornography, um, the difference between men and women, chaos and order, the difference between somebody who's a normal and abnormal person, those more controversial ones, those don't get shared as much. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not a person that people are confident enough to say, listen to this podcast because you're scared of the backlash that might happen. So to those of you out in London that are sharing this podcast out in Massachusetts where it's growing so massively, kudos to you for having the confidence to be behind these thoughts. Not, not behind Juan, forget about Juan, but to, be, to, to back up this way of thinking that is the freedom, the freedom to speak, to speak and that let the truth rise to the top. So until then, God bless. Keep an eye out for the next podcast that I hope you will enjoy. Until then, take care.